What works for Facebook advertising now? With Gavin Bell. The Strategic Marketing Show is brought to you by Insights for Professionals, providing access to the latest industry insights from trusted brands, all in a customized, tailored experience. Find out more over at insightsforprofessionals.com. Hey, it's David. Facebook advertising has changed significantly over the last few years. So it's essential to be on top of what works well now versus what used to work. That's what we're discussing today with a man whose agency is a preferred Facebook marketing partner, managing over £5 million in client advertising spend per year. As well as that, he also oversees campaigns on Google and on TikTok ads. Welcome to the director of multi-award-winning PPC agency, Yatter, Gavin Bell. Thanks for having me, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Good to have you on, Gavin. Well, you can find Gavin over at weareyatter.com. So, Gavin, a lot of listeners to this show will be marketers and large enterprises. Are Facebook ads effective for big business? Yeah. Uh, well, there's my answer. Yes, they are. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people get distracted by Facebook being a B2C or a consumer-facing you know, advertising opportunity and, and, and look to LinkedIn perhaps as their kind of bigger business enterprise. Mm. And there, there definitely is... Uh, you know, there's definitely a, a thing in that where Facebook is more consumer focused and LinkedIn maybe more B2B. But to say that Facebook doesn't work for B2B or enterprises is, is overlooking, in my opinion, what's quite a good opportunity. Because when, when you look at advertising, I mean, you're, you're simply paying to put a message in front of somebody, uh, whether that's B2B, B2C, enterprise, small business, whatever it may be. Uh, and Facebook's got one of you know, it's got the advertising platform with the most number of people on it, uh, and it has some pretty uh, incredible targeting opportunities. So, the, so the, the, to answer the question, can you get your message in front of the right person? Yes. The problem or the challenge then becomes, well, what message and, and what offer can we put in front of those people to get them interested in what we're doing? Because the reality is people on Facebook might not be in that enterprise, big business mindset when they're on the platform. So that's where marketers come in. That's where we have to, to find uh, fun, unique, different ways to get people that are on Facebook interested in what it is that we have to offer. But that's a, that's a challenge from B2C, B2B, enterprise, small business. Everybody has that challenge. Um, it's not just, you know, it's not just the enterprise folk that, that need to worry about that. Okay, so so many people would certainly recognise that uh, it's an opportunity to put your message in front of people, as you say. But I think what people might struggle with, what marketers might struggle with, is where Facebook ads fit into a marketing strategy. So are, are we talking about fairly early stages, um, awareness type stages where Facebook ads fit in best? Yeah, so I mean, what, what you have to do is you need to look at your strategy first and foremost. So who is it that we're targeting? What is it that we're trying to offer them? And then, of course, how does Facebook fit into that? So typically, a marketing strategy these days is going to involve some form of content and content marketing. You know, we're creating blogs, podcasts, videos, whatever it may be, and we're trying to distribute that to our audience. So that's where I would start. So, you know, we've got all of the organic methods in which you promote your content, you know, posting on social media, uh, sharing with people, email marketing, just add Facebook onto that as a as a distribution platform. So 
create your blog, podcast, video, whatever it may be, jump into Facebook and, dish, and, and try and use Facebook's targeting options to drive people to that piece of content. Now, what you can do when somebody has then consumed that content, if it's video, you've got an, you've got an option in Facebook to retarget people that have consumed your video. So you can then use ads to bring them further down your funnel. If it's blog, uh, a blog, a piece of content on your, on your site, you can use the Facebook pixel to retarget people and bring them further down your funnel. Podcasting is slightly harder, but the way that we get around that is to essentially take clips of the podcast, upload it to Facebook as a, as a video, and then use that video retargeting. So I would use Facebook as a top of funnel distribution platform, first and foremost, get those people in the enterprise world interested, and then use retargeting to nurture those people and bring them further down your funnel. And one of the, one of the you know, there, there was a study by Salesforce a few years back that, that looked at what happens when you combine email marketing with Facebook advertising. And I think it was a B2B specific study. And, and I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, but it basically showed if you are emailing a group of people in the B2B enterprise world, but you're also targeting them with Facebook ads, the open rate of those emails increased dramatically. And the engagement rate of those emails or the engagement rate of that content, because whether it's an email or Facebook ad doesn't really matter, the engagement rate overall was much, much higher. So when we're looking at B2B or enterprise, that's that's typically the strategy that we want to go is content distribution and then nurture people via retargeting ads further into uh, our funnel and our offer. So... Uh- People will be aware that um, retargeting and the legislation around retargeting has changed a bit. And I think many marketers are a little bit concerned with um, ensuring that they stay the right side of the law. So if you're driving people to your website and you have the Facebook ad script on your website, what are you able to track now versus what you used to be able to do? So in in terms of what you can track now, it's, it's exactly the same as it always has been. Somebody comes on your site, the pixel, what we call in the marketing world, fires, and that person is then picked up by Facebook's system. Now, we can't ever, as marketers, identify who that person is from you know, personal identity. We can't see that. We just see them as a number. Um, so in that case, that hasn't changed. Now, there are obviously GDPR and all those different things. I'm no lawyer. You can you can read into the the terms and conditions of all that sort of stuff if you want to in your in your own time, but the what we can do hasn't changed. What has changed is the the accuracy and the quality of the data that we're getting. So um, iOS fourteen was rolled out. Uh, we had the Cambridge Analytica scandal. All of these different things have meant that Facebook have had to adapt what they were doing and change what they were doing. So back in the day where Someone might visit your website and we can 100% track that person accurately. That That's not so much the case anymore. You can still do all of the things, but where you, know, where you might have had people visit, visit your website and you might be able to track them with 90% accuracy, that's maybe down at like 70, 60% now. So we're finding that uh, our retargeting audiences are typically smaller. You're not able to pick up as many people as you used to. Mm-hmm. We're also finding things such as, uh, you know, if, if we're excluding people from our ads, so we might, you know, we might want to create an ad that says we want to target everybody that's been on our email list, but exclude the people that have already been on our website. 
that's not as accurate anymore. So sometimes, even if you're excluding certain people, they will still receive your ads. Um, a common a common use of that is you know excluding people that have already purchased from you. We're not able to do that with as much accuracy. So the things are exactly the same. It's just they're they're just you know in short not as good as they were. Um, and Facebook have also removed quite a few targeting features as well, which they might argue is because of the you know all the scandal and things that have happened. They might argue it's for something else, but certain targeting features have have been removed, and those are everything from. Back in the day, we used to be able to target people that worked at specific organizations. We're not able to do that as much as we as we used to be able to, um, uh, all the way down to you know certain interests have been removed. So we we're no longer able. We've got a client that sells goalkeeping gloves, for example. We're no we're no longer able to to target people that are interested in goalkeeping. So there's there's lots of these different things that have been removed. Um, in short. We can all we can do all the same things. It's just not as effective or not as good as it used to be. Okay, but but in short, it's still a very effective medium for enterprises to be trying. Yeah, I mean the the, the reality is what we're finding over the over the last. You know, I've been doing this for around eight years or so, and and what I found over as a trend is back back a few years ago pre all of this scandal in iOS 14, that we had to input a lot of targeting options into Facebook to make sure we were targeting the right people. So mm-hmm. we would create our campaigns, we would do lots of split testing in the audiences, you know, go really, really specific into who it is that we're trying to target. We don't need to do that anymore because Facebook's machine learning and AI is so smart that it almost does the job of targeting itself. And so although we've lost some of these features, Facebook has got so much smarter that it's almost the case that we don't really need some of these features. And, and a lot of the campaigns that we that we'll be building now, we'll just we'll go super broad. So, you know, if it's a client in the UK and they can target people in the UK, sometimes we will just go full full UK, no targeting in there. So when it comes to enterprise, you know, B2B, the same applies. You know, some of the options may have gone. You know, an interesting one for enterprise may be, you know, targeting people that work in specific companies. That is still there. It's not as good. Um, but there are actually other options. I mean, this is a brand new one. Facebook in the last week have just released some new targeting features for enterprise world. So we can now target uh, business decision makers. We can new, now target like new active businesses. So that's somebody that's created a a business page and they've started using it within the last 24 months and there's some there's some interesting um, b2b targeting that's coming up and I, I think that's going to be a real trend going forward because i think facebook is so good for b2c b2b slightly limited i think that they'll start to introduce some more b2b targeting interesting and it also appears to be from what you're saying going down the same route that Google ads have gone down in that Google ads have gone away from keywords. They've um, gone more towards AI and just learning. Um, If that's the case, does that mean that what you're better off doing is committing a certain amount of budget to a campaign to begin with, uh, maybe a thousand pounds or something like that, in order for Facebook to learn what kind of audience is likely to interact with your campaign to get better conversion rates over the longer term? Yeah, I mean... It's one of those things that every marketer will say is it depends. 
I hate giving that answer, but it's it's one of those where every every business, every ad account, every you know offer is is so different that it's hard to give exacts. But you know, if you've got an ad account and you've been running ads for a long period of time, Facebook will have more data, and you and you've got the Facebook Pixel installed. Facebook will have more data on the types of people that it thinks it should be targeting. So typically, you know, you'll get results faster compared to somebody that's just starting out for the first time. So there's things like there's factors like that. Typically what we will we'll say with a client is if you know if they're starting from scratch is obviously try and work out what what are the goals. So you know how much is a customer worth to you? How, how many leads do you need to generate in order to acquire a customer? And work all these figures back. So we've got a rough guideline of what it is that we're trying to target. Then, like you say, commit a budget to an initial campaign. And that initial campaign is really just a testing exercise to, to try out some, some different hooks, some different angles, some different copy creatives and see what works. From that, we should get a baseline number of, okay, this is how many leads that we've generated. This is how much it's costing us per lead. And then we can take that budget and go, do we need to increase that budget? Is it working? Do we need to decrease the budget? What are the numbers looking like and where do they need to be? What do we then need to do or what can we try to get them to a place that we're happy? So for me, it's really just a, it's a maths game at the end of the day. It's, and it's setting up campaigns like a scientist. It's like, what's the hypothesis? Let's launch the campaign, do a few different tests, see what came out. Okay, what factors do we then change to try and get closer to that, to that end goal? So you can talk about a client of yours pick up music that have achieved a lot of success through Facebook ads. So can you walk us through what you've done for them and, and why it was successful? Yeah, pick, pick up have been a great client to work with over, over the last couple of years. Um, they, they essentially came to us looking to get more members into their, their music membership. Um, and of course, that's one of those where the targeting has changed slightly. So we used to be able to target things like guitar player that, things like that have now been removed. So it just means we have to work a little bit smarter. So what we do is we we look at, okay, well, what are some of the things that people are interested in if they're a guitar player versus things that if you're not a guitar player, you're not interested in. So we look at things like guitar magazine and, you know, those little, those things. And, and we and we build big, broad audiences out for them to try and target people. The thing that, the thing that's worked really well for, for pickup is we, is we can identify those groups of people. So I, I like to identify as like people that are interested in certain things that aren't going to be interested in others. So an example of that might be if you're selling a golf product, Tiger Woods would be a really bad targeting option because you've got people that aren't interested in golf products that also like Tiger Woods. So it's what are the specific things that people will like that would identify them as somebody that's going to be interested in your product. So we build these audiences out for pickup and create nice big broad audiences. But the thing that's, that differentiates them from everyone else and the, and the reason that they've been so successful is down to the creative. So what we've been able to do with pickup, because they're a, a membership site teaching people how to learn guitar, is we've worked things into their, their process of creating content where we'll get them to create specific pieces of content when they're filming with an artist. So we'll ask them to create, you know, TikTok style videos. We can take clips of the lesson. We can get the artist to do, you know, some cool licks on the guitar and use that. And that's that content 
is is really really um, appealing to to an audience on Facebook because it's cool because it stands out and because it's really cool it doesn't look like an ad it looks like something that you know looks like a video that someone might just film and, and upload because it's cool um, so that's what we've been doing with with pickup music uh, we've been growing them. Uh, a really big bunch over the last couple of years, which is which is great, um, and we'll continue to do so using the same same strategies. and And now now that we've got the you know the targeting side of things locked down, our job really just becomes how can we how can we continue to keep creating really nice fresh creatives, um, and and really pushing the boat out in terms of the things that we're trying to see what works. So how can a dryer B2B brands get creative, get a little bit more inventive with the, the content that they need to produce? Because it sounds like the content that's more successful as ads on Facebook is a little bit more um, eye-catching, um, a little bit fun. Is, is that appropriate for a B2B brand again? Yeah. I mean, uh, this is this is the, um, the, the, the part of what I do that I enjoy the most, is how do we take something that's boring and make it sexy? With like pickup music, yeah, totally understand. It's quite easy because it's a sexy brand. It's a cool brand already. But how do we take something that's boring and make it cool? And that's it's easier said than done, to be honest. But it has to start with who who is it that we're trying to target, and then what are they interested in? But also, what are some of the trends and you know pop culture things that are happening, and how can we then combine those two? The mo- the perfect place to find inspiration for this is TikTok. Like literally go on TikTok and type in your niche and there will be countless videos of people that are doing something funny, cool, unique with that niche. A, a, a quite a good example of this is um, another client of ours who do home transformations. Uh, now, when I say that, it makes it sound cool. The reality is it's not that, it's, it's really not that cool. They basically, you know, paint houses. Um <laughs> But what we've been able to do with them is turn something that's kind of semi-boring into something that actually people really enjoy online. So we've got you know time-lapse videos of a guy spraying a house and the house slowly turns from like a dirty grey to a really nice bright white. And those types of things have the potential to go viral, even though it's just, I mean, it's literally watching some paint dry. Uh, so finding those different just thinking about now if you're a recruitment agency really boring business how do you find things that are interesting in that well it might be the case of you know identifying members of your team that have quite a funny personality and starting a podcast or you know in fact that's a perfect example is that as somebody i saw on linkedin recently they've got a, a video agency um, and they have started a podcast which is literally just i think 10 15 minute episodes where they discuss stupid things that come up in the office. So I think I saw an episode that was like, um, "Would you, at what size does a wasp become a real danger to human life?" So like, is it you know right now they're maybe a centimeter. What happens if they become like the size of a, a laptop, and you've got laptop-sized wasps flying around? So they've taken something that's completely irrelevant or different to their business. But, you know, they're, they're then creating something that's funny 
and that gets people interested and then that's how you you know you you get people interested in your brand overall so um but my number one tip would be go on tiktok type in your niche and you will find countless ideas okay i I think i know who you're talking about with the uh the agency example we just finish off by moving from what is working for you at the moment actually what's the biggest marketing trend or challenge for marketers over the coming year um is what you've just been sharing something that you think is the one of the biggest priorities that marketers should be learning and doing over the coming year yeah i think pretty much but i'll just add to that i think there's um there's a few different elements to it i think portrait video so creating tiktok style videos that's the number one thing so portrait um, and the thing that i found that I, i've done quite a lot of shall we call research on tiktok it's basically just me sitting on tiktok and pretending i'm working is what is going down really really well is finding those like i, I would call them hyper relevant moments in in life and business and insert your niche here um and creating videos about them. So there's going to be, in your industry, in your business, in your niche, there's going to be things that happen that don't make sense to anybody else other than people that have experienced that in your industry, in your niche. And if you can create those, TikTok, the way that their algorithm works right now, has this ability to find the people that those experiences are are super relevant to. And when you have that experience of watching something that is extremely relevant to you, you know, there's been, there's been videos on TikTok where I've watched it and I've gone, wow, I thought I was the only person in the world that had ever experienced that or did that or thought that. And you and then you see that there's a thousand comments from people being like, oh, wow, I thought I was the only person. When you have that experience, it creates a, a bond instantly. So for, for my, my trend would be you know, start with TikTok style videos and portrait video, but try and find those hyper, hyper relevant things that happen in your industry, your niche, your business and start sharing them. Because when people pick up on them and they and they watch that, that'll create a, it'll create a really deep connection. I sense another episode in the future about TikTok ads for enterprise brands. That sounds fun, hit me in. <laughs> I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Gavin Bell over at weareyesser.com. Gavin, thanks so much for being on the Strategic Marketing Show. Thanks for having me, David. And thank you for listening. Here at IFP, our goal is simple. To connect you with the most relevant information to help solve your business problems all in one place. Insightsforprofessionals.com.